Hey friends, I'm so glad that you are here this morning with us. Thanks for choosing to jump online with us. And Pastor Lucas is going to be joining me because we're live this morning, which means that we have a bit of a preamble for you. Um, and Lucas is actually shaking in his boots a little bit. Sometimes my brain works faster. No, my mouth works faster than my brain does. So you'll, you'll see why that's an issue. <laughs> So right away here. We're going to play a fun little word association game. You're going to join us. Um, so I have some fall words that are the first ones not covered. But I have some fall words that we're going to go through. And we're just going to say kind of the first word or words or phrase that jump into mind. And we want you to play along. So make sure that you have somebody in the chat. Uh, let's just have some fun with this. Okay, so the first word is cider. Apples. And mine was favorite, because it is my favorite. I love apple cider. Okay, the second word is crisp. Apples. <laughs> I would say apple too, but also favorites. I love apple crisp. That is one of my favorite desserts. Okay, pumpkin. Spice. Pie. But pumpkin spice is good. Pumpkin spice latte. It is the season, people. Also, I have not had the pumpkin scone yet from Starbucks, and I'm really sad about that because it is, if you like scones and you like pumpkin things, it is the best to go with your pumpkin spice latte. Fun, fun fact, I haven't had a pumpkin spice latte in, like, years. I'm not really into them, but. That's true. You yeah, haven't. No. I feel like I remember the night that you did because yeah. our friends got into a car accident in front of us. PSL is, is not my thing. There you go. Okay. Our next one is Halloween. Dress up. Trunk or treat. This is a plug. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why in a second. All right. Hey. Uh, ride. Fail. Hay rides are fun though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like there's such a West Coast thing because it rains too much. Yeah, I don't think I've seen too much. Well, maybe at the pumpkin patches in the Lower Mainland, yeah. you might do a little hayride. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody yeah. has a lot it's definitely of definitely more of a prairie thing, though. And a truck with a trailer. We should do a Powell River hayride masked. Hayrides, hayrides in the snow on the prairies with blankets and then hot Ooh. chocolate at the end. Around a fire. So Sounds much, so, so much good. Okay. Thanksgiving. Turkey. Full. I don't know. I just feel like you're always full. At Thanksgiving, Kate, leaf. Adam and Eve. <laughs> That's all I got. Cover up. Um, Cover pile, up. Leaf pile. Go jump into a leaf pile today. Football. Ooh. Pastime. Oh, I was, I thought Seahawks, that I was for sure that you were going to say something like go Hawks. So. So go Hawks. Go Hawks. Do they play today? They play today. They play tonight. Sunday night football, people. And Check if you have not, if you think that you're just a hockey person, you could become a football person. It's 2020. Everyone's changing this year. Okay, Apple. Core. Crisp. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing came to mind at all for Apple. Uh, cranberry. Turkey. Sauce. Which would go with the turkey. And last one, chestnuts. Roasting. 
I was thinking chestnuts roasting on an open fire. I had a song pop in my head about Christmas, which we're going to talk about today yeah. at the end of this message. Thank you. No worries. We'll see you guys. <laughs> uh, Pastor Marcus is on holidays today, and he is uh, so kindly jumping into the chat, but that means that we're a little bit of a skeleton crew here. So Lucas is going to run and jump on the computer. So we have a few announcements for you. This coming up Sunday, so not tonight, but this following Sunday, we do have our PM gathering. It is going to look a little bit different just in light of what's happening here in Powell River. We are going to ask that if you attend, you do wear a mask um, for that gathering. But we are also going to move all of our communion to our Sunday PM gathering. So if you want to do communion as a assembly is a faith community, then you're going to want to be there. So head over to myevangel.church forward slash relaunch, and you can register for that Sunday PM gathering, 630 next week, September 27th. That following Wednesday, September 30th, we have our preteen party, and we had so much fun um, in the summer with our preteen parties that we decided to go forward with this monthly. So it'll be the final Wednesday of every single month at 6.30 p.m. and you can register over, you got it, myevangel.church forward slash relaunch. Our last thing that we want to let you in on is that we are so excited to be good neighbors this year, to bring a little bit of hope um, and a little bit of safety to this fall season by hosting a trunk or treat on Halloween night. And what we are going to do is we're actually going to fill this parking lot with cars. Um, we would love you to be one of those cars that would be able to give out candy bags from their trunk. And that would allow us just to follow some of the safety guidelines and to make sure that kids get that candy that they still look forward to um, on Halloween in a safe way while also being able to practically be the love of Jesus to our neighbors. So stay tuned for some more information on that, but we want to let you know because it's going to be an undertaking. We're going to need all of us to pull together in order to be able to do this well and to do it safely. If you wanted to give today, uh, we do have drive through generosity. We're here until noon, but could we ask that you please just wait um, until this stream is over before popping by? It's just really hard because we're right in the lobby um, to just try and do both things, to see you and to also have this live stream. But again, we're so thankful that you are here this morning. So let's uh, dive in. Well, have you ever let a first impression of something keep you from participating in it fully? Uh, maybe that's the first impression of a food, and so you haven't tried it. Or maybe it's the first impression of an activity, and so you haven't given it a try. Or the first impression of a person, and so you haven't ever let yourself go deeper in relationship with that person. We've all been there, haven't we? Allowing our impressions to color our life, that we walk around and we have all of these impressions that keep us from trying things or keep us from developing friendships with somebody. And they kind of um, limit us from fully experiencing this life that we've been gifted. 
So I'd love to hear in the chat, what are some of the things that you have allowed your impressions to win out with? So again, maybe that's a food or an activity or a relationship with somebody, but let's just have some fun with it. Like I don't like anything that lived in the water. I don't like seafood. I don't like seaweed. Uh, if it came from water, I don't like it. And it's not really necessarily a first impression because I've tried it over and over as I get older and I don't like it. So maybe it's a bad example, but I would love to hear your example of what your impressions of have won out from you trying. And maybe we can encourage each other, challenge each other on to be really, really brave this week and to give something new a try. Well, once you've put your answer in, once you've kind of played along with that, I'd love for you to grab your Bibles. And if you don't have a paper Bible at home, or you don't have a smart device like a phone or a tablet that you can download a Bible at, then you can head over to myevangel.church forward slash Bible, myevangel.church forward slash Bible. And right there, you can find um, the links to some app stores with the YouVersion Bible, which we love and we highly recommend, as well as an online form. And that would just help us to get you a paper Bible, our gift to you, um, if you're in the Powell River region because of shipping. So head over to myevangel.church forward slash Bible. But then come on over to Hebrews 12 verses 18 to 29. Hebrews 12, 18 to 29. Let's read it together. You've not come to a mountain that can be touched and that's burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who have heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they had refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised. Once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Well, the writer of Hebrews once again is giving us this contrast of Old Testament as from uh, partaking in it fully, but have you been there where the impressions that you have of God keep you limited 
in how far you'll explore relationship with him, of how close you'll get to him, where you kind of just keep him at an arm's length. And so this morning, can I challenge you as I challenge myself to choose to bravely step past the limits of our impressions so that we can fully explore this really complex fullness because God is complex and vast in who he is because if he wasn't, we would have been able to create him. And he's a God that is just mind-bogglingly full of what seem like contradictions, but they aren't. And so let's step bravely past our impressions so we can explore who he is. So Father God, we thank you so much that you are a God who is just, that you are a God who is righteous. Because there is so much injustice in the world that we see and it breaks our hearts and it feels so unfair. And so we would never want to serve a God who is unjust. And so we thank you for your justice. We thank you that you have a standard that you bring us along to look more and more like you. But God, we also thank you for your grace and mercy that this morning we're going to step past those impressions, step past the limits of feeling like we just can't get any closer. And with the grace and mercy that you've offered us through Jesus, draw closer to you. So God, would you just go forth, spirit of truth? Would you take my words? Would you allow that which is birthed of you to go forth in power as you always go forth in power? Would anything that is um, spoken of myself just fade away? But would your word take root? And we find good soil this morning in your precious name. Amen. Well, this passage opens with this remembrance of Moses and the Israelites. It um, starts with this remembrance of Mount Sinai. And you might have heard Mount Sinai uh, because that's where the Ten Commandments are passed out. And that's what this account is kind of recalling. And so this is going to be a pivotal moment for the Israelite people. And it's going to be a pivotal moment for us as Jesus followers. I mean, we still use the Ten Commandments as kind of those guidelines on how to live life, don't we? We still think that it's wrong to steal and it's wrong to kill and that um, we should honor our mother and father. Like These are guidelines that are good. This is a pivotal moment. The Israelites have escaped Egypt. They've escaped slavery. And God is about to pass down this commandment of how to live now in right relationship with one another and in right relationship with God from Moses to the people as a whole. And so if you want to read this account, it's in Exodus 19. And please do read this account when we're done, because without the historical narrative of what was happening then, it can seem just reading this little snippet of it in Hebrews 12, like God is being really, really, really harsh. And it can reify um, some impressions that you might have, that God is unsafe or that God is a wrathful being. And you can read uh, these verses from Hebrews 12. You've not come to a mountain that can be touched and that's burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it beg that no further word be spoken to them. 
because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. And you can read those words and it can reify your impressions of God. And you can think, yep, that's it. I am not getting close to that kind of a God. And it can allow our impressions, can allow us to keep our relationship with God at arm's length. And we can mistake, if we don't have the context of this, we can mistake this narrative as punishment instead of love. Last week, we were talking about how discipline is always birthed out of God's heart of love for us. And again, we're in this moment where unless we take a step back, from our impressions or we bravely step past them, um, we are going to mistake this moment as punishment or this moment as just this terror-inducing flex of God's power rather than seeing the love within it. You see, in Exodus 19, God was coming to meet with his people. He was drawing near to them. Like You just need to, just for a moment, think about that. The God of the universe was going to come and draw close to his people. He was going to speak audibly so they could hear. And he was going to meet Moses in close proximity so that he could give him these Ten Commandments. But the righteousness of God, the majesty of God, the glory of God, the reality of who he is, means that we cannot be in close proximity to him. We, who are an earthly fragile bodies who sin, who have wrong things that we've all done, all of that cannot be in close proximity to God in all of his glory, in all of his vastness, in all of his majesty, in all of his power, we would be goners. Okay, so keep that there. We cannot be that close to the perfection and the righteousness of God. So in his great love and in his great mercy, he gives this command that seems absolutely terrifying, I'm sure, as they saw the glory and the majesty of God descending. But it was also completely necessary for a God who loves his creation to put these limits in place. See, if he wasn't a God who didn't love his creation, he'd be like, sure, <laughs> like, here's me. Um, if you look and you die, if you touch the mountain and you die, eh. But he's not. He's a God who loves his creation. And so he allowed these limits to be put into place. And in Exodus 19, verses 10 to 12, the Lord says to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day, because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people, put limits for the people around the mountain. And sometimes this prospect of a just and righteous God can get twisted in our first impressions of who he is. We can see this God who's just waiting to strike us with lightning. And I know like even in Christian community, even in faith community, we often joke about this, right? Like don't stand too close to that person because they're going to get smacked by God. We can get all twisted with the justice and righteousness of God and, and start to think that we have a God who's out to punish us or to catch us in our wrongdoing, like the sneak who's waiting, peeking around the corner, just trying to watch us mess up. And the distrust that we can pick up throughout this life 
can so easily cause us to want to keep that kind of God at an arm's length. Like just close enough, but not any closer, please. But the justice and righteousness of God in this narrative in Exodus 19 and that we're being referenced here in Hebrews 12, uh, it wasn't a justice and righteousness of God where God was trying to keep his people at arm's length. No, it was the justice and righteousness of God that put limits in place for their good so that he could draw near. And that just and righteous side of God, that character of God is still there. Matthew Henry writes, God is the same just and righteous God under the gospel as under the law. Can we ponder that for a moment? God is the same just and righteous God under the gospel as under the law. God is unchanging. The difference between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion is that we have a mediator who's given us access to him, who has appeased the justice of God by taking on the consequences that we were supposed to bear. Jesus, who's both our atonement and our high priest, as we've been reminding ourselves over and over through this series. See, because God is the same just and righteous God under the gospel and under the law, we have to come to the recognition that at the end of time, each and every one of us is going to stand before God. We are going to have to give an account at the end of time. And I am sure when we come face to face with the glory and the majesty and the power and the justice and righteousness of God, that that could be absolutely terrifying. But... But for those who have accepted Jesus as our atonement, there is nothing to fear because we have one who made a way. And so if you find yourself holding a God of justice at arm's length, can I remind you that the heart of God is for his creation. He didn't put those limits in place at Mount Sinai to punish his people. No, it's for his creation. And that's why he sent Jesus from Exodus when Moses is meeting with God in close proximity up until this moment right here in 2020. God has been pursuing his creation. He's been yearning for a relationship with us, drawing close to us. But because he's a both and God, because he's both justice and mercy, both righteousness and grace, he made a way. I know we would love it to be an either or God. We would love that once Jesus came, that just and righteous side of God just kind of like, got pushed away and now God is just all warm and fluffy feelings and all grace and mercy and love and hope and joy. We don't serve an either or God. We serve an and both God. We can't hold on to the grace and mercy of God and throw away the justice and righteousness. No, we have a both and God. And so we have to recognize who he is, the fullness of who he is, that that just and righteous side of him will always be there. 
Because it's who he is. He is perfect. He is holy. He is glorious. He is majestic. But he made a way. Verse 22 reads, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven, you have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. No, we haven't come to a place anymore where we have limited access to God. Because of Jesus, because of our atonement and our high priest, we have been extended into an invitation We've been extended an invitation, that's better, to have a close personal relationship with God. Like if we go back, if we're contrasting these two mountains, where Mount Sinai had God speaking to the entirety of the nation through Moses from a safe distance, um, where Mount Sinai would have the people need to wait for a specific person or a specific time of year or go through a specific ritual in order to have access with God because that's what justice and righteousness demanded. Mount Zion has been made possible because of Jesus that we can enter into the throne room of grace, that we can have a close and personal face-to-face one-on-one relationship of God, free of fear. You want to say that again, free of fear, because Jesus made a way. This is grace. Not that the righteousness and the justice of God has somehow disappeared or been erased, but rather because it's been appeased, that we've been given this gift of grace, of being pardoned, of the spiritual consequences of our wrongdoings. And let's be honest, every single one of us has done something wrong. And if you haven't, please write it in the comments because we want to congratulate you or call you a liar. But we have each done something wrong. And the spiritual consequence of that, the Bible tells us, is death. It is fearing that consequence of standing before the justice and righteousness of God. But Jesus allows us to have a relationship with him free of fear. Throughout history, as um, we know, like in Eden, when the relationship with God was broken for the first time, God has been whispering moments and hints of who the Messiah, who this Jesus that I keep talking about, was going to be and how we could recognize him. And in Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 6, there's this whisper again of who Jesus was going to be. And it says this, Isaiah 53, 4 to 6, it says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And I love this prophecy because um, it kind of like talks in language, like Jesus literally put on all of our consequence. Like he took it off of our shoulders and he bore it himself. 
And that's what allows us to have this relationship with God where God no longer holds us at an arm's length because his justice and righteousness and our sin and our imperfection can't coexist. No, we have a just and righteous God, but we also have Jesus who died on that cross at Calvary, who's extended a way for us to have forgiveness and pardon and the grace and mercy that we've been extended through Jesus and the just and righteous character of God can now coexist and we benefit from it and we can have this close proximity with a God who has always loved us, who in his love protected those at Sinai from his presence, who in his love made a way for us to be pardoned from sin, who in his love sent Jesus to be the complete atonement for a lasting and intimate relationship with God. This past week, um, actually last Sunday, we began planning Christmas for Evangel Church. And now there are two types of people, two types that are listening right now. I would love to hear what type you are. So the first type, you're hearing this words, these words. My English is getting worse and worse as we continue filming this. You're hearing these words. We began planning Christmas and you are jumping for joy internally because you know that Christmas is the best time of year at any time of year. You know that it could be March or it could be August and Christmas music is appropriate, right? If you are that kind of person, go ahead and type it in the chat. The other type of person incorrectly believes that this is too soon to begin Christmas. If you are that person who's like, whoa, this is too soon. Lucas is that person. I'll let you guess who I am. Um, if you are that kind of person, go ahead and type it in the chat. Let's just have some fun with this. But regardless of your feelings about getting ready for Christmas, in September, um, the reality of Christmas as a church is that it's a big thing and it has to start now. And so we have come up with, I'm going to say, the best Christmas of 2020 plan with all of the hindrances and limitations. And I won't give away too much more, but it's going to be amazing. And this is a shameless plug because I am so excited about it and because we love it so much. And I know that you're going to love it so much. And so right now, go type in uh, to whatever you're doing wherever phone or if you want to pull out a paper calendar and like star Christmas because it's going to be that amazing. You're going to be right here online with us Christmas 2020. But even before we began planning Christmas last Sunday, I was already feeling this need for some Christmas in my life. And some of you may have seen that I posted that I was listening to Christmas music. Um, I've been doing a Christmas devotional in my quiet time with God because I need Christmas right now. And it's not because I love the music and the movies, which I do. And it's not because I feel like the earlier you start shopping and wrapping presents, the more peaceful your Christmas is. And, and I have, I have a few wrapped Christmas presents in our closet, but what I was really needing out of Christmas was the hope of Emmanuel, God with us. And that's what Emmanuel means, God with us. I really needed out of Christmas this assurance that we don't have a God who holds us at arm's length 
or leaves us to figure out this life and this faith on our own. I needed the assurance of Christmas that we have a God who made a way for me to have a relationship with him. I needed once again to draw close to the good news that God so loved the world, the entire world, you, whether you believe in him or not, your neighbor, the person that you're passing in the grocery store, that God loved them so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever, literally anyone that believes in him will not perish. They're not going to have to face the justice of God wearing the consequences of their wrongdoings. They're not going to have to do that. They're not going to have anything to fear because they won't perish, but they'll have eternal life. They'll find the grace and the mercy and the pardon of Jesus. And my prayer is that you too will be filled once again with the hope of the Christmas story that's wrapped up here in this narrative in Hebrews 12, that the Savior came, that Emmanuel, God with us, drew near so that we could have a relationship with God that is not at arm's length, that isn't worrying about the consequences of the justice and righteousness of God, but that is married with the mercy and the grace of Jesus coming that frees us from the limits of the law, that frees us from having to go to a certain place or a certain day or all of the ritual, but allows us to have a personal relationship with God. So this morning, I want to ask you, how is your relationship with God doing? What impressions do you have that maybe have kept you a little bit at arm's length, or my prayer would be that you go, this is, my relationship with God is great. I am not holding him at arm's length. We're in a close relationship and it's growing and it's getting stronger as 2020 has progressed. And that's my prayer. But you know what? The thing is that even if we know Jesus, the reality is that we can still get caught in this trap of allowing impressions of our circumstances, the impressions of our feelings to dictate the proximity that we allow God to have in our life. And if that's you and you feel like, you know what, I've just been holding God at arm's length. Can I ask you to bravely step past your impressions? to ask God to fill you once again with the hope of Emmanuel, God with us, the God who came, the God who drew near, the God of love and grace who wants a relationship with you. Because we've been promised if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. So step past, step past, step past. Maybe this morning you're joining with joining us and you've been exploring faith and Maybe you've been following along with us for a while online, or maybe you just found us today, and I'm so glad that you're here. And if you're exploring faith, I am certain that you have your own impressions of God, that you um, have so many questions, that you have so many thoughts and feelings of who God is and what that means for your life. And I really, really, really hope 
that you have somebody in your life who knows Jesus, that you can explore faith um, with someone who knows Jesus, who you can talk with and you can have a safe place to ask your questions and a safe place to voice your thoughts and your concerns and go through the whole jumble of what I'm sure is circulating in your head. But if you don't, I want to offer to be that person. If you need a safe place to explore faith in Jesus without any judgments, without any criticism, just a safe place to talk through what you're feeling and to ask your questions and to have somebody that you can walk this journey of faith with, I would love to be that person. And I have a couple of of numbers that are going to pop up on the screen right here. And if you need somebody, call or text. And I know that Pastors Lucas and and Marcus would also, uh, they don't know that I'm telling them this, but I'm sure they'd also be happy to walk with you on that journey of faith because this is the most important decision that you'll ever make. This matters because we do have a world that is temporary. And one day it will all be shaken. And the only things that last are going to be the things of God. And in Hebrews 12, you'll see that there there are things that are like phrases that say like their names were written down. And, And that's alluding to the Lamb's Book of Life where everyone who has chosen Jesus as their atonement has their name written down that One day when we stand before God, our name will be there and we'll be free of all fear because we'll have the grace and mercy of God married with his justice and righteousness. And we believe with everything that we are here at Evangel Church that Jesus changes everything, that he changes everything about your life. But this matters because this world comes with an expiration date. You do too. And I would love, 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 love if your name was written in that book alongside mine. We have a God whose justice and grace, whose righteousness and mercy. That is who God is. A God who deserves our reverence and awe, as verse 28 puts it, but who also has made a way for us to have a relationship with us a God who wants more than just an arm's length, but who wants close proximity with the creation that he loves. So God, I thank you so much that your love for us is so vast. Would you remind us once again this morning of the hope of Emmanuel, the hope of God with us? And God, as we see these two accounts of these two mountains, I thank you that you sent Jesus so that we can be in the second, that we don't have to loiter around the base, just trying to get a glimpse of you and hearing about you secondhand, but that we have free access to hear your voice for ourselves to experience a relationship with you for ourselves with nothing to fear. 
And so would you reveal to our hearts this morning the places where we've kept you at arm's length? The lies and the impressions that we've chosen to believe. And would you knock down every single one so that nothing would hinder, nothing would be in the way of a close relationship with you? For my friends, God, that are joining, who are exploring faith, God, I thank you that you pursue us. And I pray right now that you would answer their questions, that you would assure their doubts, that you would show yourself to them. Because we know that you're real. (laughs) So would you just work past all of those impressions and show yourself faithful, show yourself real, show yourself true. We love you so much. And I am so grateful, God, that you made a way for your justice and righteousness to be married to grace and mercy that we could be able to speak with you now. Your precious name. Amen. Well, friends, thank you once again for joining us this morning. And if you do find that what happens here at Evangel Church is adding value to your life, is adding value to your faith journey, we do want to invite you to be part of contributing to this. Um, As always, there are bills to pay and It takes money um, in order to do what we do. So we would love to invite you into partnering with us in that. And so you can give online, uh, myevangel.church forward slash give. We are here in the office Monday through Thursday from nine to five, as well as we're here today, Sunday until 12 o'clock. So you can always swing by for drive-through generosity and also say a little hello because it's always great to see everyone. Well, my friends, thank you for joining us. I hope you have a great week.